All right, another edition of Danger coming right at ya. I'm Danger. I'm Dish. And as always, Cyrus is down there in Chattanooga with us. We're recording on the ones and twos. So speaking <laughs> of ones and twos, we got a uh, 21-2 here right now. We're going to go over our classic edition Danger Top 5. The, the top five snake draft album. I'm pretty sure we have the patent on that now for a uh, for a uh, annual snake draft, annual album snake drafts. But, but but before we jump into 2012, fellas, I mean, going through this list, I mean, Dave, this is you and me. We're ending high school, going into college, pretty formative year of our life. Cyrus, you were you were out of college by then. You were you had just that graduated, was, or you were going? I graduated from college in 2012. Again, formative year. Stepping into formative year. So it's just I, I feel like there's a lot of a, a lot of memories, a lot of moments just embedded into a lot of into a lot of these tracks. And I, like going back through it, it was one of those ones where it's one of those years where you're like, oh yeah, like a couple musical icons just decided to drop albums this year. So I'm I'm interested to see how many of those we get into. Yeah, definitely. Like because I have a couple people, on my list. Uh, so. <laughs> as, a, as opposed to 2011, 2011 I thought had way more albums I really like. But the people whose albums were big this year were—I mean, it's big time artists. Like this all is over a name year. Like this is a year for names to get made, names to break out, names to get embedded, and names to like sneak back into your life. Like, oh yeah, you're like. The last album I listened to, you you released in nineteen seventy eight, but it's twenty twelve, so here we go. <laughs> yes, sir. And dude, by the way, boys, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Nobody's doing this right. Now. I mean, people are doing drafts, but they're not doing fucking. They're not stabbing each other in the back picking albums, man. Like <laughs> this, is, this is the freshest place you can find new music. I I mean. If I was a if I was a young uh, you know twelve year old thirteen year old I'd be coming here man fuck the pitchfork uh, dish and danger baby dish and danger where you find new music from eight years ago <laughs> <laughs> it's so dude pitchfork it just they released this review for this album and like yeah I think the concept's cool but it's some dude made it in prison. And it's just him rapping over a phone, and the guy like has a beat behind it, and like I'm like, I... oh, I lost Dave. Signal. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's good. Lost you for a second there. Yeah, no, you okay. got a, you got a little choppy there, but I think we got the context. Just so this guy, were were they just like gushing over the album or what? No, they were. They, like, uh, dude, I bet if I dove into the lyrics, I mean, it's a lot of lyrics. It's not yeah. like, you know, that one, uh, uh, just love Sosa guy. Uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 like, seemed like you just can't fucking hear it. I mean, it's over a phone. And honestly, I think that's tight as hell. Somebody could, like, to <laughs> release music in prison. That's not like people done that, but they're huge superstars that do it. It's like, oh, they're not getting their normal prison treatment, you know? Yeah, right? this is some but guy. This is just a guy. Like he had made some mixtapes <laughs> prior, but things like Drakeo, the Ruler, or something. And I was pumped to hear it, and then I'm like, ah, I mean, it's the hustle. But like that's that's 
what to dig about it. But all right, um, boys, let's let's get down and dirty. Dang, he got for it. He's starting off uh, again. Down and dirty. So it's, I, I kind of, I, I definitely had to go back to 2012. And the way I've been doing these is, is what was I listening to the most then and now? Like, where where do those two lines cross between then and now? Because I, I think we can all admit, we, we in that time, I was listening to a lot of probably shit music, you know? A lot of stuff that doesn't hold up. But this one does, man. This is one of the, like, I remember, like, like one of the first albums I, I, I bought, you know, I remember, like, going to the store to get this on vinyl physically because it is just that amazing. And I, I think sometimes it's forgotten because because their second album was that amazing. But my number one, Alabama Shakes Boys and Girls. It's it is it's an absolute not just genre defining, year defining, kind of like millennial defining. Like that was one of the first really good like soulful bluesy rock groups that Everyone got behind. I mean, Brittany Howard's voice is in, in whatever she's singing is beautiful. If she's going like if it's sound and color and she's going, you know, more soulful, if it's you no know, on her side project Thunder Bitch and she's just getting down and dirty, or if it's kind of this you no know, southern mix here. But I mean, hold on, I found you, you ain't alone going to the party. There's not a bad song on that album, and it is one of it is one of my favorites. They've ever done. It's one of my favorites of the decade. Um, and they are, I, I think everyone remembered where they were the first time they heard Alabama Shakes. And they got rained out a lot of Palooza that year. And it was like the worst day of my life. So um, still have not been able to check it off because they got rained out that year. But I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the album, just in name alone, speaks for you, itself. You will. Uh, you got to see him outside and you will not be uh, underwhelmed. Uh, I've seen him like twice, probably. They're fucking amazing of them. They, that, they continue a trend of like a lot of these uh, newer albums by people where they keep it like, they keep it tight, uh, uh, like 11 songs. Um, I don't know if it's uh, what you guys' thoughts are on it, but like, they like brought back. I mean, they were. It's it works a lot better that they're unrel unrelentlessly just uh, just playing like old school music with Britney How. But like that, their secret tool is Britney Howard, yeah. and she just rips. I, mm -hmm. I remember Cyrus it came home that summer. It was before I went to school, and he's like, "Dude, they, they, we." we've been jamming this song for the past like couple weeks. He had been on a road trip prior to Bonnaroo and he's like, you got to hear this fucking song. I'm like, what the hell is it? He's like, and played hold on. And it just like, if that doesn't get you going, like, I don't know anybody. I, that, I got goosebumps just when you set the title. Like <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on Alabama Shakes. Second album is is, is Sonic is the best oh, album of the decade. One of the best albums of like 
2010, 2020. Like, it's, 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 and I think the problem with boys and girls is there's nothing wrong with it, but people look at just how good sound and color was and kind of forget about it or kind of discredit boys and girls. But it's, it's one of those things where it's really, really good apples to really, really good oranges. Like, that's, that's how you have to compare it because they are completely different sounds where there's nothing wrong with anything on boys and girls. It's just there's that much more artistic development and maturity and production and masterful production into sound and color because it kind of has to be in order to get the, the the sonic the sonicness that it does so i think with boys and girls it's just here's a band like kind of like where they where the album shakes we're here to party and make you feel things where like sound and color just goes full on you you start feeling things so i i i think boys and girls loses some flavor to some people because of sound and color but i think that's pretty wrong to do that i think you kind of have to look at them in the vacuums that they are and if you look at it that way it's still one of the best albums ever like boys and girls album shakes this is one of my favorite bands yeah one of the uh, one of the classic things after they make the first album, they're they're making something they want to make more. Normally, it's like yeah. less commercial, but in sound and color is super excessive. I mean, it might it's a completely different tone when you really get down to it. But oh, very. It's, it's, a, it's an it's an easy listen. Like it, it it's kind of fucking perfect. And Brittany Howard like involved in a billion projects, but. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Shakes, Ruth. I mean, you already covered it, dude. Like, we were just ripping that stuff. And the I saw them at the Rue that year too in 2012. Man, it was just you so, saw them peak, dude. Peak. Yeah, when it was like my highest level of interest in them probably was was at that time. So yeah, it was dope. That yeah, that would probably create like a peak where you're almost. I don't know if you can top that. You listen to Hold On, you go see them, and like they're playing all that, uh, all the boys and girls. Like, yeah. Like, that, to me, I would be like, all right, that is like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to appreciate them this much because it's that fucking good right then. Right. Going to the party, it's, well, the thing that's, I think, when a song is able to do this, it's really good, just kind of like, create this tension in the lyrics and she's like she's like really tight and kind of sitting on top of the lyrics a little bit and there's not much going on behind it so i i think that's a pretty underrated song it's it's a pretty good i, I always appreciate good storytelling in songs um i think we're gonna see a lot of that this year and when we talk about 2012 hip-hop and storytelling but this is i mean the, the, it's, it's a great story going through and I, I i love it i love Brittany howard from you know this Thunder bitch, and then her her stuff she was doing last year solo wise. Her 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 voice is once in a generation. So that's boys and girls, boys and girls. Damn, well put. So, all right for. Hmm. Oh, sorry. I I I'm, I'm gonna interject a, a rule for this one. Only one Ty Siegel album per <laughs> per contestant. So. I was I was actually thinking about that. I was like, man, <laughs> through doing all these snake drafts, it's going to become clear that I only listen to like five <laughs> or six bands. <laughs> no, so I I think for man, as 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 we've talked about each time, it's like the stuff that I was listening to at the time versus how much do I still listen to it, or things that I've only learned about now. I think though number one has got to be Tame Impala. Like 
even though I took inner speaker for, um, I think we lost Dave. Unless I just blew his mind. <laughs> no, no, he looks a little frozen right now. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all in on that, baby. Loner is fucking me. Watch Waves, bro. Watch Waves. Uh, we're going to do a Waves there, episode. Like, yeah. We talked about the Animal Collective and the Frank Oceans. We've got like Tame Impala's. Uh, they're on it twice, and it might even be the most riveting. But I watched it like, I don't know, the day I got back here, and it blew my fucking mind. Like, mm. yeah, I mean, it's like, I think to me, Inner Speaker, I just like it better overall just because. It's more consistent, but the highs on on lonerism are so high. Like I think lonerism is overall much more dynamic. And like, for instance, I mean like Apocalypse Dreams, or I mean they have like the piano. It's more like like a Flaming Lips type of symphonic record than mm. Inner Speaker, which is almost to me just sounds like like Cream mixed with the Beatles essentially, which is a dope combination but yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean after this was kind of though like i could tell that in a way that this out project would kind of go in a direction i wouldn't love all of it but you know it's still though i listened to it a lot that year and i still listen to it and love it, so it's probably my number one of 2012 yeah i be above it. It just rips. I I I love that song. Great opener. When those guitars cl- come in and it's like, and it just rings like it's fucking incredible. Uh, Elephant. I remember I heard on a commercial that like in 2012, and I'm like, is this some like B sides Beatles song or some John Lennon like, I I I, it like blew, It was like the black. He's plus John Lennon. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is Black Keys, like, tighten up era. Uh, yeah. The Brothers era plus yeah. John yeah. Lennon. And it, uh, it, like, blew my, and I'm, that's definitely not my favorite track off this, but it's the perfect, it, it's a great hit. That's kind of what launched Tame and Paula was. It's like Elephant and then, uh, feels like it's only going, only going backwards. Um, Ugh. it's, it's fucking great. Yeah, that there, there's a track on there called I think it's called uh, "Nothing That Has Happened So Far Has Been Anything We Could Control." It's just like I just learned how to play it probably like two or three months ago, but it's just these like it's on a it's on a synth, but I just play it on guitar. But it's this chord progression and then the drum fills. Oh my god, it's so dope, and it like. It has this, like, it's kind of like M83, kind of, like, spoken word interlude. And, dude, it's it's probably my, arguably my favorite track on there. But, yeah, I can talk about Tam and Paula's first two records all day. <laughs> Deservedly so. All right, Dave froze, Dave froze up for a second here, but we'll... When he comes back, he'll he'll hit us with his uh, one back? roundup over there. Yep. You're back now. Okay. Okay. Number one. Uh, 
right. My number one, this is going to be my number one, probably regardless. Uh, I wouldn't say it's what I would consider the best album of the year, but it's the album I listened to probably not the most that year, considering I didn't find it till like a few months into college. Um, but I li- I've listened to it more than any of these albums, especially in a fucking row, like all the tracks. And that'd be 1999, Joey Badass. Um, all the beats are just so 90. Like, I, do, I was about to throw a Joey Badass track on the Music League boom back like because it's just so it's so nice i remember i found him uh one of the first times i was hanging in the frank pavilion with uh frank burris and frank kanaski and he was he was playing uh uh burris was playing uh from the tomb and i was like holy shit frank like this is a cool song like you normally don't play cool songs uh, and from then on, like, I remember I, I got the mixtape and I bumped it all holiday break. Uh, I remember going hiking with you and Pete Bruce up in, uh, uh, we were up by those, uh, windmills. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And I was definitely ripping that. Um, but dude, it's just. It, it's fucking amazing. Uh, there's like Dilla beats on it. There's Doom beats. That they're just rapping over because you can do that when it's um, that mixtape. Capital Steve's verse on survival tactics is just one for the ages. Especially, it happens, but when you know when people kill themselves and the you, you don't get, they never made shitty stuff. You like you can do nothing but you know, praise the shit they did make when they were around. Um, but dude, he was like Joey Badass is 17. Kind of a, a eh name, I guess, for some people, but I'm a big fan. Like, that's what I would probably like to be called as a rapper. Slurf, like, I don't know. Um, Snakes, Daily Routine. I, I, you guys, 1999 people at all? Yeah, I- yeah, I, 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 I'll be honest. I never listened to it, like all the way through. I mean, Joey Badass is kind of a song by song guy for me, you know. But I mean, I, I now that it's number one on this list, I, I got to give it a go through. I've, I've never been anti him, but like, there's a couple songs I've like definitely bopped to before, and some other ones. I might have been picking the wrong ones on YouTube in college, like one day, being like, eh, like whatever with this guy. But I, 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 I do think. It's a name at this point. I should just be like, you know, I just let me listen to it. No, it's it's like an hour long album. This let me listen to it for an hour. I got to better. Danny, all I'll tell you is I don't really listen to much of anything else. He's like I I listen to it and I kind of like it, but it's it, when his production value went up, I just it, it it the quality of the music to me goes down. He's a little louder and like rougher. I, and Maybe I got it too like, late. That's that, that might have been my issue. 1999 is like it's like listening to easy jazz or like it's yeah. just it's so fucking crisp. Songs aren't too long. Besides the last song that has the whole progressive uh, progressive era crew on it, but it's just a good side song. Um, it's uh, it's fucking it's fantastic. Like 
there's not anything on it. I don't want a nice kinky in the brain sample to uh, All right. now start, uh, now. world domination. <laughs> like, so fucking great. Uh, Danny, you would be a massive, like, I, I don't really, I wouldn't promote that much of any of Joey Badass's other music. I'm not, I'm not really that into it, but this one is, it's low key. Deserves it. Kind of had, it's headphone music, kind of, uh, it's a good time. Sounds good. I'm, it's on the list. And now back to you, Dave, number two. Oh. All right. Um, fuck. Man, these back to back. Oof. You know, I'll go, uh, I don't think anybody will take the other one, hopefully. Uh, I'll go uh, Good Kid, Mad City, man. I mean, uh, I, looking at that and Channel Orange, I, like, those were always the two albums talked about the most that year, and I don't even know if it's really that close. Um, I mean, Good Kid, Mad City is just fucking dope, top to bottom. It came, I mean, really, it grabbed that freshman, like, party testosterone we had built oh. up pushed it to the right level it's like oh we're chilling with a lady oh let's put it on this little drake uh what the hell is that one called based on kill my uh, god it's no, no, poetic oh. justice sorry poetic justice, po- poetic justice the drake one yeah drake, like it's the one song it's the one song i've ever heard because kendrick steals the show from every single, like, I don't understand why people have Kendrick featured on their song because he steals the show every time. Um, but that is one song where he is upstaged. Like, like, and Kendrick's throwing his fastball. Drake's just throwing it even harder and painting the corners. It's, uh, it's fucking great. Um, and then the, the best Kendrick song, in my opinion, ever is on that one sing about me not i'm dying of thirst necessarily but sing about me just has that jazz guitar and piano um and it it finishes the story of the album and sometimes you forget that you're listening to a story the story that's what i was saying earlier when i was saying storytelling in 2012 yeah that brings you back to the story and i had always known like Kind of that hip hop wasn't meant to like all the things they're saying aren't meant to necessarily be taken like oftentimes like these horrific things some people say it's like this is like the mindset it's not a good thing we're not promoting it we're we're letting people know that this is what some people think uh, and Kendrick is the first person that I that just molded like just pop like making shit popular and not losing any bit of creativity in the mix of all of it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's fucking amazing. And he, and the, maybe the best move, the best feature is actually a non-feature. And the fact that he got rid of Lady Gaga on bitch, don't kill my vibe and did it. <laughs> like doing it. I'm a Santa. Like, it, Oh, We'll let him get back. <laughs> Dave, you got to get some new Wi-Fi, man. Am I back? 
Yeah. Now you are. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, Lady Gaga, you hear that comment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there is that is there a version of that that floats around? I've never heard it. Yeah, there's one with her on it, and it's not nearly as good. I'm pretty sure there was some like uh, there might have been like some feminist shit uh, uh, getting with him about it. And it's like honestly, Lady Gaga has a better singing voice than Kendrick, but Kendrick's voice hits different. That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kendrick's one of like our generation ones. I mean, Shireen was kind of what I was saying. Go back, just like really good storytelling and actually not just kind of like floating around to the words aimlessly. Like actually, actually caring about hip hop lyrics more than just like more so than just being able to say them on your own and impress someone at a party, like rapping along doing the car, like actually wanting to know the words behind and the story behind it. I think it's hard to do in hip hop more than it is in other songs. Cause like I said, most people just kind of, it's like, Oh, do you like the beat sick? I don't really care about the words. Or like, if I do listen to the words, it's only so I can repeat it. And like for a party where like, this is, you're like, no, 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 no. Like this is a movie. Like I, I kind of want to see, I kind of want to get into it and watch it play out. So I think the ability to do that and the ability to do that consistently over his career is just one of the reasons he is, he is as famous as he is. And, and he seems to be able to just like morph into any scene. He made a song with Taylor Swift. And like, as much as I'm not a big fan of that song, I'm like, he did a pretty like, decent job like morphing into that lane and then he makes to pimp a butterfly which is him it's probably my least favorite album by him but like it is so fucking ambitious and so bizarre and out there like you have no way to not do anything but respect the hell out of it like it it's like it's like a crazy miles davis album somehow put into a a very accessible form for people. Because mm-hmm. um, I would say that that's probably most people that aren't music junkies' least favorite. But I know that that's probably your favorite, Roos, right? Talking about To Bend for Butterfly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, looking at it, it's to me. Not to make the conversation be about Pimple Butterfly comparison to Good Kid, Mad City, but it's like way more singular to me. But I love both of them, though. I mean, you're the one who got me onto both 1999 and Good Kid, Mad yep. City. And like I, like I had said the last time with uh, Section 80, it's like, I didn't really, I mean, I don't even know if I had listened to Kendrick before this, but I didn't. I didn't see in Section 80 what, like, the the grand, like, picture-type album that Good Kid, Mad City is. No, not at all. But I think when, you, like, the fact that you can't compare one to two, or I guess two to three, technically, uh, Good Kid and Tip of Butterflies kind of speaks volumes to both of them. They're both, like... So fucking, de- I mean, the guy's just an ambitious dude that somehow gets beat, like, All Right was a hit. Like, that song shouldn't be a hit, but people like what he has to say. Like, it's it's kind of, uh, 
it's kind of amazing um, what he's been able to do. And it's built up the backs of a lot of other, of all the rap that's come before him, but he's almost utilizing all of that, like to his strength more than anybody else I can think of. And everybody, all the rappers he works with, I fucking love, like, really though, like all the top dog entertainment guys, you got our boy, Chattanooga boy, Isaiah Rashad, the only non-LA native in top dog entertainment is Isaiah Rashad, which is so fucking cool. Um, And he, uh, you know, he's a Danny Brown guy. He's like, he's just boys with all my boys, you know, so... Maybe we can hang out sometime. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll transition to you, Ruth. I'm going to stop the recording and then. Yeah. Brought to you by Bluetooth. There we go. We know. Hi. Come on, preaching coach. All right. So for my next one, I'm. And I, let me know if, if y'all think this is uh, unfair to the rules, but I'm going to bring together an EP and an album. Or should I? I'll take it. They're, they're related. <laughs> they're not completely unrelated. One of them would be, it would be kind of, I actually, no, I'll, I'll just do the EP because I actually think it's better. So that's Daniel Rawson, Silent Hour, Golden Mile EP. Damn. Wait. And so the album, the album is Shields, Grizzly Bear. That's the guitarist from Grizzly Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, that, no, no, that's no, not. That doesn't do count. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I'll for my draft, I'll just take the EP though, because I actually like it better than Shields, which yeah, probably is a crazy opinion. What you could take Shields next because I'm not going to a two three. I'll I will I will bequeath you Shields for for, for your third pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so that was kind of like specifically Golden Hour, Silent Hour, Golden Mile. Like I had already, I guess, listened to like um, like Yellow House and Becca DeMiss, um some of their other stuff, but, like, Daniel, like, he's just one, I mean, obviously the trend that y'all probably have noticed by now, it's, like, either, like, hip-hop or just, like, interesting guitars is really kind of all my criteria that I look for. I'm very well aware. (laughs) So, so, like, that, just listen to the guitar playing on that album. Even if, like, I would say he's maybe not the strongest singer, but the guitar playing and it's it's way more um, it's kind of like less psychedelic and baroque than a lot of Grizzly Bear stuff. It's kind of a little bit straighter. I think the guy from uh, one of the people from uh, what is this band? It's a jam band. Plays like drum. I think he plays drums on this album. I cannot think of what that band is called, but yeah, it's Drink just cheese. what? Drink cheese incident? <laughs> no, it's it it's a band that like they've been to Secret City I'm Festival. Gonna... 
and they've been to Dogwood Arts Festival. Like, they've been to Knoxville. I'm trying to think of what it, they're called, but it's just slipped in my mind right now. But anyway, yeah, Daniel Rawson. It's it's really good. Oh, he, uh, Dr. 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 Dog. Oh, hell yeah. That, yeah, that, dude, it's a, uh, it's some of his best, uh, Daniel Rawson's, like, best guitar playing like I I know why I know exactly why you like it and that's probably the only reason I would know this EP is because of you so thank you for that but it's fucking and it's 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 incredible and you like it allows you to also hear like how Grizzly Bear gets that sound you know it's like oh that's the Rossin side of the Grizzly Bear sound um and yeah kudos to Dr. Dog I'm going to switch uh, headphones to just regular speaker now because this is fucked up for me. Oh, good. Probably going to start echoing. Is it echoing? No. No, not too bad. So, no, no, dude, great pick. I haven't listened to that one all, I, that EP alone, but I mean, I, I, I'm a big Dr. Doc fan. I almost took him in. 2008 we did uh when they released faith that year i almost put them in that album draft so no great god damn it cyrus <laughs> <laughs> too good so are we good yep all right so my my number two you know this band and it's it's it just this album is a, a solo work of this band but we've talked when you talk about this band as many times as we had on this podcast without ever actually talking about an album they released, you, you already know that they're classic. And then obviously just in, in name alone, they are. But um, my number two is Donald Fagan's Sunken Condos. So anyone who's ever listened to a Steely Dan song ever should love it. And if you do, I mean, this is just... There's nothing wrong with the same old, same old, right? We talk a lot about, like, even earlier today, we're like, oh, the second album should be different. You know, should artists kind of change? Should they vary up? Should they change sounds? I mean, this is a, a little bit different of a sound, but it's it's the masterful Donald Fagan production. Everything's perfect and tight, and God damn it, it's so funky and good. I mean, Slinky Thing, I'm not the same without you. Miss Marlene, out of the ghetto. He has one of, like, my favorite... Like male voices, it, it, it's up high, but it still fills. It's it's still filling, and then everything behind it is that you know that that perfect production you expect out of anything he puts his name on. So again, it's just it's it's that great yacht rock. It's what you want when you think of and start listening to Steely Dan, and it's 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 just perfect. <laughs> mm. I've never listened to that man. Dig. I'm gonna have to check Go. that out. You, you you're gonna have to again. It's Go, Dave. You just made my fucking day tomorrow. It's like, I <laughs> <laughs> Some the condos, man. Like, dude, I've known about the you know. We lost him. Dove into it, but like, we lost here? him for a sec. The, the last thing we just say was, I've known about, and then you got a little scratchy. Oh, uh, I've known about like the Eno and the David Byrne album for a while, but like, th like uh, having like reinforcement to go back and see that 
because back then I was thinking, oh, I'm probably not going to get this because it's made for like the guys that like these guys back in the day. But I love fucking Steely Dan. And I like, I can't, like, I was just looking at this on, on the internet. And yeah, it's supposed to be a fucking great record. And I had it is. no idea that yeah. this I, I think there's always like a, a little twinge of nervousness when you see an artist that you love, like not that we were personally around in like the seventies and the eighties. Right. But like some of my classic artists that like, comes out with something new and you're like, no, please don't like, like don't like, like, like Springsteen don't ruin darkness on the edge of town for me by doing something in 2020, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think there's always like, so like, there might be a little nervousness when that like, Came out in 2012. I mean, I started listening to it more in college when I got more into Steely Dan and just started digging through that whole spider web that Donald Fagan has. But yeah, this is if you like Steely Dan, which I know everyone here does, and all our listeners do. If if, if you don't, just stop listening. We'll I I, I will lose your submission and click if you like have fun with that. I'm not gonna take your blood your blood listens if if you don't like Steely Dan. So yeah, no. If you haven't listened to it, give it a chance. It's it, it's the bass, it's the drums, it's that like cool light funk that just kind of gets you through the day. And it's it's not that long either. It's like nine songs, so breezy and easy, man. Like I I have a feeling uh, Rolling Stone isn't aren't like the biggest Steely Dan people, but knowing how they suck the dick of every person that made music <laughs> in the seventies. They had Bruce Springsteen's uh, Wrecking Ball as their number one. I guarantee yeah, their number one. Yeah. Like, this album wasn't really good at all, but it's the tenth best album of the year because Donald Fagan made it. <laughs> That's just how they fucking work. Um, I can respect it if they, I mean, I guess if their audience is just old guys. Uh, but um, I'm pumped that I just found out about. Like, Bruce, did you know about this? No. I haven't honestly. I, there's like the. It's kind of the same thing with not with all art, like, but with Neil Young, for instance, where it's like. I would definitely call Neil Young one of my favorite artists, but he has albums in the '80s that I've never listened to, and like, same thing with like the latest, the very late Steely Dan albums I've never listened to, and I didn't know that he had made, an album that year, but, it's definitely on on my radar now. Yeah, no, for for sure. And like I said, like, no one's gonna listen to every album any artist ever done. Like you're, I, I, everyone's gonna miss some. And this is one that should not slip through the cracks. And the reason we're doing a quarantine podcast is to fill those cracks for for all of us. So that's where we are. And just continuing that trend, going into number three, just another um, just another guy from back in the day coming out and just dropping a masterpiece on our heads is um. Lockdown by Dr. John. So I, I love New Orleans. I love everything about it. The, the, the city itself, the food. And if you're gonna like New Orleans, you, you have to like the music from it. If it's, you know, the kind of club trad jazz, you know, or if it is funk, even if it's bounce, you know, everything coming out of that city kind of has this New Orleans flavor to it. And Dr. John is definitely who RIP just, earlier this year or last year. Um, it's just a, an absolute New Orleans legend. He's, he's just a music legend for everything he's ever done. Um, he, he That's still one of my favorite scenes from The Last Waltz is, is, him doing, uh, is him doing Such a Night. 
I want to thank Liz and the band and all the films. One, two. Just like, no, it's, it's, it, everyone loves him. Everyone loves the doc. But Lockdown, it was, it was, it, it was produced by Dan Auerbach. So it kind of has this, it's not like when you think of Dr. John, you think kind of more like light and fun and jangly. It still kind of has that feel through, but it's a little heavier, a little grittier, a little, you know, um, rubber factory bluesier kind of throw into it because it was produced by Dan Auerbach. But another one that just go in and listen it to just a, a lot of great jams. You obviously, I, if you don't like Dr. John, it's one of those ones where you're not going to like it. Um, I mean, but I, I, I love his voice and I love kind of just everything he does when it comes to music. It's because just he, it's just his face just being weird on the cover of the album art's great too. But Lockdown, uh, Revolution, Kingdom of Isness, and God Sure Good are kind of my are, are my favorite tracks off of it. So it has the New Orleans flavor with a little Black Keys grit and blues in it. So it's it, it's a perfect combo for listening. That uh, I didn't know. I didn't know Dr. John until I saw The Last Waltz. And what you just said got me just really thinking, like, I wish the majority of the band was from America. <laughs> then they'd be the great... Like, they, to me, should be the greatest American band. Because in The Last Waltz, it just shows you, all, like, everybody they're friends with and influenced by, like, uh, this, like Mavis, Staples... The stables, Tony, yeah. Bob, like, like Dr. John, uh, uh, Ronnie Hawkins, like uh, everywhere they're taking their influence. Like, there are reason. There's a reason they're you know kind of called Americana music is because they don't really like just settle into one thing. They uh, pull from all over, yeah. Yeah, and Dr. John is is uh, obviously like w- one of the more outward uh, or out there people they have on, on that. I saw this in my really intensive research that Dr. John released an album in 2012. <laughs> I had not ever heard it before. And I wasn't going to just try and listen to it to be like, oh, yeah. Because that's one of those things you got to have lived to, uh, you know. But I, I'm glad, like, I'm glad somebody got it. Like, yeah. I didn't, I did not know it. Yeah, I know. And again, I, I didn't listen to it in 2012. I think I stumbled onto it like a few years ago when I was just like having some big Dr. John kick for like a month, which happens every once in a while for me. And yeah. then just like, you, you just kind of go back into it. I'm pretty sure I was like visiting Jack, like my brother in New Orleans, like the first time. And I'm like, oh, I got to like re up like my New Orleans knowledge real quick. Let me listen to like Mama Roo and, you know, all these other like classic Dr. John songs. And then just. Go down the rabbit hole, man, and just earn his sense. I'm like, go go down the gator nest and just and just find what's there. And it's yeah, I know lockdown is great. It's like I said, it's it's he. I mean, he's one of the best keyboard players ever, a keyboard piano player. So if you like that sound, like I said, with a little more with 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 a little more dirt in it, you you're, you're gonna love it. Sometimes right. that's all music needs: a little more dirt. It just needs a little Dan Arbeck sprinkle in there. You're good. All right. So I think it's time for the obligatory Ty Siegel hour. <laughs> <laughs> for the fuck. Which one, man? I'm taking 
So, in the interest of condensing all of this, I'm just going to go all three albums that he released that year. <laughs> I'd say probably Twins is my favorite of those three, but he released Classic, a solo hard, album. Typical. Twins, of course. And then Hair, he released with White Fence, who he's like a kind of lo-fi, psychedelic rock guy from uh, San Francisco as well. And, like, they've just got great chemistry for that kind of, like, 13th floor elevators type, like, throwback psychedelic rock sound. Like, that, that's a really good album. Like, just super, like, low fidelity, but also, like, keys and just nice produced guitars and everything. And then Slaughterhouse is kind of, like, just the wrecking ball like super heavy super aggressive and that's with like an, a band it's actually called ty siegel band and they like it's i think i read somewhere like it's or it, this may be anthony fantano quote about this but slaughterhouse is like the heaviest that music can possibly be without being metal like it's just like really hard rock, but yep. I mean, eh, this what might as well just be like every year, you know, Ty Siegel release at least like one or two albums, and I always listen to him because I, th- I, in the same vein of like currency being prolific, like obviously that doesn't work for everyone because most people are not sufficiently creative to like produce albums all the time, but like. Ty Siegel is actually, like, creative enough to, to release shitload of records. Well, when people do that, you get to capture them in, in that moment as best as you can. It's, it's super raw and authentic when, you can, when you're mm-hmm. that prolific. It's not, like, it's not, you know, finely chiseled or anything, but um, I have a question, which would be for non- guitar playing uh jamokes like me and danny what like what do like I, there's a few ty siegel songs i really like but like we lost did we lose dave we lost you after after you called me a jamoke my computer kicked you off so yeah, am I back? Yep. you're back you're back uh, you're um, saying which for, recommend uh, yeah, a couple? Yeah, no, like, like how do how do we enjoy Ty C? Like, I know uh, we're not gonna get it on the wavelength you do, but um, I do like a couple Ty Siegel joints quite a bit. So the set, like, like Ty, there's one album. It's not from this year, but he released a whole album of acoustic songs, kind of like, you know more Neil Young style, like when he was running that tour, he would cover like four of the turnstiles. But the second to last song on Twins, Gold on the Shore, it is just a strummer. Like, Damn. Good name. I like it already. <laughs> it's just a good strum on the shore. And then off hair, I think Time is the first track. It's just kind of like, it kind of, it drops in like, Honestly, it sounds kind of like like some. It doesn't sound like Leonard Skinner, but the lead sounds kind of like a Leonard Skinner type lead, and that 
It's just got that acoustic guitar playing rhythm. It's just a face melter. But it's not like super, like it's psychedelic. It's not like super hard. And then for Slaughterhouse, I would probably go with um, I Bought My Eyes just to give you the, just the taste of that album. Like, because th- those three are pretty, like, yeah, different, just very different vibe. But that those individual tracks are kind of representative, maybe. I mean, did just Slaughterhouse get like more shoegazery, or you said it's like kind of quasi metal? Is it kind of that like distorted My Bloody Valentine Loveless sound, or like what? Like, is it more like that, or am I just off? No, no, no. But so there's one out. There's one track on that album called Fuzz War, and that is named for a fuzz pedal that is like shoegazer level crazy distortion but i would say this album though overall is more like black sabbath with than than my bloody valentine like it's just like more more punk than black sabbath but like equally like hard all right well i'm i'm in it (laughs) i mean it's I'm if you now. guys don't like Ty Siegel, it's all good. I I just love his tunes and like I wish more people would listen to him. What? But then again, I don't what? really know. Maybe people do. <laughs> one once I move over near Danny, me and him are just gonna play FIFA, crush <laughs> Ty Siegel every day, get high. I can't wait, man. Two weeks too far, uh, man. <laughs> uh, our life is just—we're not going to be able to be too good. Um, all right. Uh, my next—it's uh, going to be uh, uh, a rip-roaring, youthful album um, that I listened to quite a bit freshman year, especially the beginning of freshman year, and. I never thought I would like anything like this. Um, and when you hear the lyrics, they're so like spot on. You're thinking that it's not, it's almost, it, it's a cliche because it's true. But uh, Celebration Rock, Japan Droid. Oh, um, it, Damn it. It, Dude, like, it's it, such a it, good it, Listening to it, it was like number four. I I had heard some, I had heard a little bit of Japan Droids, and I never really like uh, it, didn't appeal to me. And then something uh, about uh, it it had to have just been that that age of my life, like it gets you fucking going, it makes you want to party, and it makes but it also makes you like feel very human at the same time for some reason it's just got um danny can you fill in for me like it's, yeah it's, i was gonna say like it's it, like especially a song like just the beginning the the nights of wine and roses i mean there's something and i don't know if this is some like primal masculine thing where you're just like a loud heavy rock and roll song like this album was kind of just like 
makes you want to fuck or fight, you know, just like kind of, you can just kind of strip yourself down to that. It's kind of raw. And if you can allow yourself to get into it and just kind of think of yourself that way and just kind of like, they set out for this just to be like kind of a hard rock and roll album. Just like let's play in the stadium, get fucked up. Like, yeah. What else are you going to do your freshman year? So I feel like kind of going back to what we were saying at the beginning of being like, embedding these songs in like a freshman dorm room. Yeah. And like, especially the, I might, I might just be kind of granular, a little too granular and taking it down of just a couple of those songs. Like that's what the Knights of Wine and Roses does, does to me is just like kind of strip you down to this basic primal feelings. Like that. It, it gave me the, uh, get down and dirty and scrap feeling without actually having to do it, which I really, <laughs> I didn't actually want to do that, but I wanted to feel that way. It's not and a man like, walk to theology, uh, but dude, this song riffs. <laughs> like Fire's Highway, that was, that was always like, that was always my favorite jam off that. Uh, um, what the, the last track, Continuous uh, I forget what it is. No, no, no. Uh, I guess it would be the seventh one. The house that yeah. 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 Uh, what is there's a lyric in it uh, that I always thought they said something else because it fit what I was thinking. All right. This is bad radio. Give me a second here, guys. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, I know what you're saying, though. I've never listened li- listened to uh, Celebration Rock before. Oh, dude, you, you, I, I feel like for someone who loves guitar as much as you do, I mean, especially the opening track and throughout too, you'll you'll really enjoy just like a very solid loud rock and roll album and that's and that's i i have a feeling like that's what they're trying to it, set out with yeah it is it's just youth like the the one of the one of the like one of the lyrics in younger uh is literally this is like how it sounds it's almost like blink 182 lyrics like remember the night you were already in you were already in bed said fuck it got up to drink with me instead like it's so <laughs> silly, but it's like, <laughs> I love that. Like, it gets you going. It's spot on, but it's true. But uh, this is the lyric that always killed me that I like, and I was so sad when it wasn't actually what they said. So the lyrics say, uh, this is the hook on uh, the house that haven't built. That's, that's probably, that might be the biggest song off this album. I'm not sure. Uh, it's when they love you and they will. Uh, tell them all the love in my shadow and if they try to slow you down tell them all to go to hell I thought it was women love you and they will tell them all the love in my shadow and if they try to slow you down tell them to go to hell I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am women trying to slow you down I'm a free train motherfucker like, I am a rhino I- hear me roar ah <laughs> oh. oh. It's so way a great track, a great lyric, and I kind of wish I was in Dave's mind in 2012 right there. Like, I, I want to know that feeling of just like Dude. virgin ears listening to that lyric for the first time and being like, 
Oh hell yeah! Because I was thinking the same thing too, man. Like I, it's it's so uh, it's so garage great. Like it's women will crush me via. Oh, uh, he'll be back. Back, it's you're back. Um, but yeah, oh, dude, great choice. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, we. Uh, I would give uh, Ruth. I would definitely uh, give it. But like, uh, make sure you're like drinking, and like, yeah, you know, I feel like like it's it's rowdy music. Yeah. It's I feel like that's 182 in a very raw garagey yeah. form. It's great. Uh, if that makes not not obviously not to dog on your pick, but what one thing I recall from listening to Japan Droids in the past is like their their music to me kind of lacks like psychedelia. Which yeah. I'm not saying all music needs that, but what like the like rock music that I like the most has some of that in it in its dna but i'm definitely I, definitely on my list right now though i i think that that's probably a sacrifice they like definitely were like okay we need to keep this focused on this one thing and like yeah. uh, really blink 182 it's not like it sounds anything like blink 182 but the uh emotion it invokes out of you is like a uh an 18-year-old Blink-182. Blink-182 is more for, like, you know, 13-year-olds. This is, like, much harder. It's just two guys, you know. Right. Uh, they're just fucking ripping. It, it sounds sweaty. Like, you know these guys are sweaty. <laughs> That's sweaty. a great way to put it. It's, it, it's sweaty. You know, they are working their asses off. Like, that's what you know. Um, damn. Uh, I'm going to pull the trigger on it. I'm going to go, uh, this is my favorite album by this artist. Uh, he's probably got my favorite swag in the world, not only with what he wears, but uh, uh, how he conducts himself. He's a funny motherfucker. Uh, Mac DeMarco, too. Uh, God. Right? The first fucking thing. He just took him. Um, yeah, cooking up something good. You're fucking in. Uh, it's another one of those 11, 11th song albums type. Everything's good. Um, I don't have like too much to say about it besides it's just it's it's fucking great and it's it's just a breezy summer afternoon uh, type album. And um, the best part about him is chicks really like Mac DeMarco, too. <laughs> Always the plug. Yeah, man. That's that. I, I remember uh, that's an album that like I read about and like listened to from like reading good things about it. And like Mac DeMarco, he's become one of those guys who I, I'll listen to anything he makes because yeah. of. Off of the strength of his first two albums, I would say. Like, and I think all of his albums have been good. Kind of, some of them more wacky than others. You can always find, you can always find shit you like on 
anything he's ever made, though. Yeah. Like, I, I need to hear whatever he's just made. Right. And it's not like he's definitely at not, like, super innovative, but, it like, he's got that guitar tone that's just un, unimpeachable how, like, perfect that his guitar tone is. Like, that, uh, that like, phasey, like, sort of tone, like, like, for instance, like, on any of the songs on to have that, that tone, like, cooking up something good, that flangey, I don't know what the effect is, actually, but. It all just sounds like it's been out in the sun for, like, maybe a little too long, in the best yeah. way possible. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I mean, I, I kind of understand, because Chamber of Reflection kind of uh, warps that whole thing you just said, like, if, if. You're like I like some Mac and then and then Chamber Reflection because that is a fucking out there so like that is that's probably the best song he's ever made. Uh, um, but yeah, I guess he's not like the most innovative. But like, dude, just one of those people that is doing everything they fucking want to do and it makes their music better because yeah. you can easily tell they're doing everything they want. Dude, I saw I saw Mac in Chattanooga like two two or three years ago. It was just solo with like he just played. He had an acoustic guitar, a drum machine, and an electric guitar and a synth, and literally one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Like he, I mean, in a way, like he doesn't really like produce his vocals too much and like. He's actually able to reproduce the way the album sounds like very closely and live and like super good. Like it was just such a great show. <clears throat> Dude, uh, like sometimes you don't like when people sound too much like the way their studio shit sounds. Like, I had to, like when I would see Vampire Weekend, I'm like, this sounds like spot on. That might make you really technically good to be able to do that, but you kind of want to hear. You kind of want it like there's something to be a little off to you that you're aware that it is live. Can you get taken out of that sometimes? But um, uh, if we're all done on Mac, I'm gonna stop the recording quick. Hit it. Got it. All right, boys. So I think for the next one, I'm going to go with, because I don't want to just be like the one-dimensional Tame Impala, Ty Siegel guy. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go with uh, that Action Bronson Alchemist, <gasps> Alchemist Project, Rare Chandelier. Oh, wait, which one? Rare Chandeliers. All so right. I he also has party so that party that blue chips from that year, but Rare Chandeliers though. Which I think overall, perhaps I mean blue chips. I, I do love for sure, and I like especially just the album cover. I was looking at it today. It's just got party supplies like dunking with like a with like a sampler in his 
and dude, it's so dope. But I just remember watching the music video for the symbol, and it's just like this absurd, like Tarantino knockoff type, like drug dealer drug, like, and that I think it may have. Well, I think it was actually 2013 when I saw him at Bonnaroo. But, dude, Bronson and Alchemist together is just such a dope combo. Like, Rand I think Randy the Musical Randy. is my favorite track on there. Yeah, I remember when you showed me that track. And, I like, that was over Christmas break uh, of 2012. And I'm like, what the fuck? That was the first time I'd ever heard, actually, Bronson. I'm pretty sure uh, that blew my fucking mind. I just saw, I, just saw, I, I forgot the fourth song. On it, it's called Sylvester Lundgren. <laughs> Dude, he is, These he two, is, just like action movie jam. stars. He's such a like, he, he did a, a segment on Chris Long's podcast, breaking down his top five favorite fight scenes. Like, he just loves all that shit. Like, you know, Lundgren, uh, you know, all the, even the shitty guys, like, uh, action Bronze. Oh, King of Staten Island too. He's in that. If anybody wants to buy that on VOD, I dig. Um, but dude, he's, he's also so in the Irishman. So yeah, he is he's the Irishman. coffin salesman in the Irishman. Yeah, <laughs> I, I laughed. I laughed in the theaters when he popped up in that movie. I was. It was so funny. Ruth, yeah. this is the mixtape. I, I assume it's probably because of you, but the this is the thing i've listened to most by action bronson like he's a guy i have a bunch of tracks from like on random stuff because he's a lot of material but mm -hmm. uh like body bass on that intro like i just remember i was kind of hooked on singer and it's really because alchemist and that's how a lot of these rappers go it's like who who is like freddie gribbs is is kind of like it's like oh he's got a, the right producer now freddie gibbs always has the right producer because he's good enough to but if the producer is right these rappers can it's just perfect for each other because they're not necessarily the most creative guys they're just funny to listen to a bit but if yeah. they got a good beat you for all of it exactly i mean i think i mean you can definitely look at bronson's style in a way as being i don't know it this it's the eternal like critique that you and I talk about, Dave, that's like, do you have to be super original to make good music or can you be like super solid or one, you know, weighing those things? Because I don't think like, like in a lot of ways, comparing like Rare Chandeliers to Good Kid Mad City is like kind of like an invalid comparison because like they're not even really trying. They're they're both of a genre, but not trying to accomplish a similar thing. But more often than not, rare chandeliers can. Oh, you know, my my end. <laughs> You're good. We lost right. you. We got we got right. you back. Okay. Uh, I, what I was going to say is more often than not, rare chandeliers can be played than good kid because it's not distracting. You're not going to get distracted by, you know, all of the things going on. Right. Rare chandelier is a fucking great album to throw on anywhere. You, in, in 
a lot of different settings. It's, yeah. it's a Swiss Army. I mean, now that now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like they both are actually very cinematic, but in very different levels of like realism. Like Good Kid, Mad City is like realistic. I mean, it's it's overdrawn and like overblown in a way, but like Rare Chandeliers is like pulp, like fiction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, and I and I, I was thinking about that one, and also and also Blue Chips that year. There's just uh-huh. he he and Alchemist do really good jobs with their samples at, at, at picking what they want and just going with it, and that that's kind of always been kind of a good staple of his career is is finding what he likes, no matter what it is, if it's something super old or if it's Billy Joel or whatever, right? Like, like whatever the sample is, he's really good at taking it and just going with it, and like yeah, like he does have. A good voice too. I think people look at him like a little more comically because he's just like this big dude who raps about food. But there's there's that, that kind of like gruffness and kind of big like huff and puff voice. I, I actually like listen to a lot. So I, I think everything he did that year. Obviously, you chose the, the the better of the two. Speaking for for both, but um, I I, I think twenty twelve was a great year for him with blue chips too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess what I like. With overall, like, do you get Action Bronson without Ghostface Killer? I, I certainly don't think so. But I think he has his own, like, that's almost, like, e- equally a compliment to Ghostface Killer as far as, like, you have, like, such a great delivery style that, like, it can be, like, a subgenre of, like, <laughs> Ghostface yeah, Killer but- knockoffs. <laughs> Yeah, but homage. But, but but you know what's better than like the it's Anthony Bourdain and uh fucking Ghostface Killer and creating a kid like I mean he's he's fucking perfect like uh he his uh his online persona is fucking hilarious like watching him and his boys going eating in like amsterdam and shit it's like it's fantastic he's like telling all these people like how to eat like you know just his boys because like he he's he's like you know he 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 came from the streets but he knows fine guy i mean it's it's he's a phenomenon and he's like perfect for this era of just especially internet era like he's he's a gem of it Yeah, and like in that combination of just like fine dining and streets, it's on um like the the, the chorus on tan leather, which was blue chips, but um from having money on my mind to having money in my pocket, bone marrow roasted, spread it on the rosemary bread, lightly toasted, drizzle with the vinaigrette, stuffed duchess, and it's pulling like a cigarette. Like there's some I love that line. It's like like dude, like roasted bone marrow. On like a really good toast, like a rosemary toast is delicious, and so is pulling a blunt. Like like getting like those two things together in one line is 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 huge. And just key for kind of who he is, and it's and then just both those feelings of just really good fine dining and and a blunt pulling like a cigarette. I mean, I don't know if that combo is beatable on a Friday night.
That's all I got for this one. That's all you got. All right. Well, man, I'm. I don't know what to do for number four. I got a couple options here that have been kind of kind of pulled away, and I. I guess I want to say. There's a couple ones I feel like I want to say, but well, I might say for honorable mentions. But um, my number four is going to be Best Coast, the only place. It's I, I remember Pitchfork kind of shit on it for being kind of simple and, and easy, where where Crazy for You was more of this kind of like quasi shoegaze style, very fuzzy, very kind of distorted, and this was I and then I think what I like is kind of what is is was there. Obviously, like the, the lyrics, whatever I know, they said weren't great, but you know what I liked about it was kind of it is a little more simple. It's but what it is, it, it might be a simpler sound, but it's tighter, it's cleaner, and it's better produced than what they had before. Where crazy for you is a little more fun and chaotic and all over the place, but you still kind of get that painful lost love emo ethos coming out of it, but just getting it in a cleaner. Well, a cleaner set, I think, is is still good. You don't have to rely on reverb and fuzz and all that. So I, I know it's not like the best thing they ever did, and there's probably some other better not- like dream pop albums that came out last year. But if for just an album to listen to all the way through, like walking around, headphone stuff, and just kind of going with it, I I, I love it. And, I, and like I said, I think it's one of those ones where the previous one almost drowns it out in a way kind of like what opposite we were talking about with alabama shakes but i i, I think the album is still really good you know like i said masterfully produced clean easy going all the way through good transitions it's it's one that i think deserves a little more credit than people gave it for dude i i 100 agree because it did it's like it got penalized because they had a production value and they yeah. made something they wanted to fucking make like, why is that? It, 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 it's bullshit. It's not that different from other things they made. Yeah, maybe a little less, like, chaotic, like you were saying. But maybe some people don't want chaotic. Like, I, 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 uh, I, I just remember liking it a lot. And yeah. when you look back at all these records, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I, I, I saw, like, Teen Dream Bloom, and I'm like, I remember enjoying that, but I'm not interested. Like, if I want to, like, not pay attention and, and like, maybe, like, read a... And maybe read a book was his last note. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if his recording is catching, like, him lagging (laughs) and us... On the video regular, I I, I hope so because I I feel like he's got a pretty good of a pretty good diatribe what we're missing right now. This is one of his longer skips, dude. Dave, pay for some good internet, man. Dude, it's the building internet. Man. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have a uh, the, 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 what I was saying. The last like, thing we heard just was like space out and read a book. Yeah, you were talking about beach house. This- yeah, and this is like something I I want to go back and revisit. Like most, a lot of this shit, I'm like, I kind of know what the fuck it is. It's not like that interesting, you know. Like I don't know, be, uh, uh, um, 
Best Coast is 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 not quite like that because it it definitely feels like it. I feel like I grew up with that much more than a lot of this other shit. It's not like like they got big as I was like getting into music. Yeah, and like and like I said, there's the one I just said. No, the the only place, even the one I'm going to say next, like someone walking on the street would be like, wow, really? You didn't say, like, bloom and coexist for, for your four and five? Like, no, because I'm not listing the five best, objectively best, commercially best albums that came out last year. I'm listing, like, basically five of my favorite, you know, and, yeah, there's obviously a lot of, obviously, good production in that. That's why I'm going to listen to it. And, like, there, there's nothing wrong with this, and it's, it's easy. I like it. It's tight. It's clean and concise, and it does show kind of that next step from just kind of being where, where crazy for you was crazy. It was a little all over the place and sometimes, and that's great when that's the whole sound. If that's a sound you're going for on the album, fucking go for it, where they kind of went a little opposite, and they went a little softer and cleaner, but still kind of pushed through that... I just got dumped ethos vibe through it, which which is great, and that's why I like it. Is that, that, is that yeah. and now you got five? And now I got five, and I'm kind of glad Smiler's not on the call because he'd probably shit on this one. But you know what? Chance the Rapper, 10 day. All right. It's necessary to talk about on this podcast, and not just because I'm some kid who grew up in Chicago and I'm a White Sox fan too, but it actually is really good and really cool when it came out because you're like, this is a kid my age. He went to a high school two miles away from my high school, if that. You know, he went to Jones. He's been doing stuff with kids. Like, I first heard him getting featured on kids these days stuff and doing stuff with the Vic Mensa. He pulls Vic Mensa into family and some other stuff. I, I think that might be the only one he's on, but like that song family, but this is actually, you can tell he's just a really talented kid on this one. Cause there are some times where he has like a couple lines and a couple verses where you're like, oh, okay, like whatever. Like that's some like 17, 18 year old kid writing down lyrics. And then some other times where it's, Really good and a lot of really good production. I mean, Windows is a great song. 14, 4,000 minutes, 22 offs, even like Hema at the end. And then, like I said, Family is probably my my standout album or my standout track on the album. But this was the stepping stone into what he was doing next year with Acid Rap, which is exponentially better because it it, it, it just is. But I think I think Ten Day is kind of super important to this modern like Chicago rap scene. If you're gonna be like a chance fan, you should probably go back and listen to to Ten Day. And I think the more you listen to it, the more it grows on you. Um and especially just kind of remember that he was doing this as as a kid. And there are times where you're like, yeah, he's still a kid. And there are other times where he really impresses you with with a lot of the with with a lot of the sampling and a lot of the lyrics he has on it too. So Tende uh, had to be said, and I'm I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm willing to do it. Dude, I first heard Tende in 20, or I I guess the first time I heard Chance the Rapper, and two months later he had released Acid Rap, because uh, I heard it in San Francisco with uh, I forget 
Kineski's buddy, I just remember his stepmother coming down and yelling at us for drinking 40s on a Sunday night. And me and Frank were like, spring break. Spring break. What the hell? It was Stu, his buddy Stu. Okay. And he's like, yeah, you got to listen to this guy. And he put on brain cells. And yeah. brain cells, like, that, I don't know if that's, like, the his biggest hit off. Like, it, I would assume that that's why that guy played it for me. Um, brain cells is, is fucking great. But uh, uh, I'm going to wait for Ruth. I, I, dude, I've actually... Roost. I've been playing like uh, I was playing a couple songs up in day before we left, like Brain Cells and Nostalgia. And Nostalgia, <laughs> man, like I don't know how I don't know how to think of these things. Critic, the beat to Nostalgia gets is just so fucking fantastic. It's got that flute sample in it, like a low key. I just remember he's like he, like, he says something about here. Uh, he's speaking like a child the whole time, and he says something about um, like like we lose best friends like every day. We like to think it's like a game of hide and go seek, and he says it in this yeah. childish way. And like the first few times, I never caught what he was saying, and he's just like, "It's like we've yeah, been a like, lifelong game of hide like, and go like, seek." Yeah. Literally, like like you might not find out. It's <laughs> the same song where like you. Yeah, it's the same song where he starts off with, like, I still got orange and white cassette tapes, like Rugrats VCR, or Rugrats VHS, as he's talking about. Like, yeah, it's... He's a guy that longs for... You can hear it in a lot of his raps. He longs for childhood, like... It's the same thing on... um, (laughs) Even on Coloring Book. I I forgot the song. I forgot what song was. It was, like... Socks on, socks on concrete jolly rancher kid just like kids running around over the summer um and like and, and, and again friends. yeah yeah summer friends don't stay yeah that one but again it's and that song and a lot of other ones yeah it just kind of invokes okay. this invokes this love of nostalgia and like being seven years old and running around during summer and then also like growing up on 79th street where yeah you have friends die every year like it's and it's not you're kind of pushing that end of it when you look into it over this uh, kind of a nostalgic, airy, dreamy sound, you know, and you actually get into what's going on in the lyrics. You're like, oh, holy shit, you know. So it's and yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's grown into this, this enigma now, and I'm happy that he was able to do it with like the stepping stones that even through coloring book, you can see he didn't really stray away from at all of the the sound and the messages he's been pushing through. Yeah, I mean, he made a better gospel album than Kanye did, essentially. He's like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna make a coloring or a, a a gospel album without like talking about like you know bleaching assholes and shit. Like, like, dude, also like, Kanye, you're his- fine. His verse on Ultra Light Beam is amazing. Yeah. It's one of the best things off that album. Yes, it might be the best. I will. I just one more note on uh, two more notes. Uh, no, Sam would not be upset with the Finn Day. He would only be upset with the Big Day. Okay. Anything positive about the Big Day? I, I'm sure he loves Finn Day. 
I understand uh, that. I, I actually understand that that criticism. I'll, <laughs> I'll give no, him that one. I'm, I didn't love it, but you know, I wasn't gonna. I, I wasn't about to shit on it, but I wasn't about to praise it either. I'm, I'm still taking. No. I'm still taking. I'm still taking coloring book ten day or coloring book astrodep ten day for by a mile over a big day. My my issue is with them and their shit talking of they they should talk him rather than just the album. They're like, nah, he's a bitch now. I'm like, dude, just because you didn't like the album, I'm like, give it a break. Do you remember the second track on it with the singer from Death Cab for Cutie? Great fucking vibe. Like, if you're out and about, especially in the city, like, if you're, like, out in Lincoln Park, like, a small frisbee around, chasing the muff around. I mean, that's a great fucking track. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I understand. Chances... Chance is the man, and he's he's very Chicago, and I can't believe him and Joey Badass both were, were they're like the same fuck like both in high school that they both graduated in 2013, and they made you know fucking bangers, man. Like good crop, good good freshman crop coming in, you know. Good, good. The, I'm pretty sure they were probably on the same like double XL co- double XL cover together that year for like the the freshman coming out, which yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no ten day. There's there's maybe like one or two songs like I don't I don't love you got me fucked up. I don't love everything on prom night, but um like long time samples Beirut too that that uh, Beirut song Lebanon, which is which is great. So just again like. Pretty, pretty, pretty smart move by my young kid to pull in a Beirut album on a hip hop song for sure. Some other rapper has a Beirut. I think it's like Lupe. It, it's like is it? Oh, Beirut, we, we kind of rap over this and get like the indie crowd in. Yeah, but it's like, dude, this is for the suburban kids. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. But yeah, ten day is how we're gonna start off number five. We got you. You're back. Got it. All right. All right. All right, Danny, I'll come over next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I was thinking about a certain album, but if I had chosen this, then three of the people from my 2010 snake draft would have been on this one as well. So, I'm not going Till to the night comes. I'm not going to choose <laughs> Flying Lotus. I'm going to go instead for Edward Sharp. Oh, yeah. oh, that, that, was, that was almost on my list, man. Was, I'm so glad you... Yeah. Because I, like, I, in a way, like, in 2012, I would say it was, like, in some ways, like... I want to say, like, the peak of my cynicism of, like, music like this. Like, I was not into this type of band at all. But, like, man, when you, like, this album is just so good. And, like, I think it's kind of, you know, the ways that it differs from Up From Below are, like, pretty significant and, like, it's just a much stronger record. I think, I mean, Mela has always been, like, my favorite song off there. But, I mean, Man on Fire, Dear Believer, like, 
it's just like a really great like psychedelic folk kind of like commu- communal album like and i don't know like like i said though it was kind of in a way the the um the expectation that i wouldn't like an album like this and the fact that i actually really did that that lends itself favorably to my like how i recall this album it's it's losing that cynicism of like uh of people especially people people that like ripped on home it's like dude home is a great fucking song like that's a fun fucking song it might not be your favorite song but i'm glad that that's a popular song that's way better than most pop music so people assume that next album is gonna be uh can you hear me yeah yeah Okay, one of my speakers went out. I'm just gonna. Uh, am I gone? No, we got you. Okay. Uh, um, it's just it's almost like the MGMT jump from their uh uh oracular spectacular to congratulations. People like kind of aren't are dismissive, and then they're like, wait, this isn't what we thought we were gonna get. You know, it's like. Although I did, I was a little more excited because I thought 40 Day Dream was on this album. Dude, 40 Day Dream is the best <laughs> song. I, I, I actually just went back and double-checked. I'm like, is, please be on here. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's on. Man, it's Fire, on of, uh, Fire, Man of Fire is such a great opener. but like It is, yeah. Or Up From Below, so yeah. Although I don't know if Man of Fire, I don't know if 40 Day Dream is a better album. I think 40 Day Dream is just a great concert opener. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. That's how I would want to, like, O'Day has gone on and on about, like, when he used to not be sober and the time he went and saw Edward Sharp. I think he, like, his trip started to kick in when 40 Day Dream came on. And uh, (laughs) it was, like, a religious experience for him. Um, But 40 Day Dream is... But Man on Fire... Mela, I remember you you were big on Mela and that got me more that got me like back into this album. Yeah, I mean, I think that was like I mean, this is all just summer 2012 for me. I mean, like I was I was just rolling I was just rolling and bowling listening <laughs> to Alabama Shakes and like this album like I was so fun. This is like right before Bonnaroo. So like, I mean, and this they weren't there. Edward Sharp wasn't there, but like, this is like, this album is like Bonnaroo. Like, in a way, the if you could imagine the perfect Bonnaroo experience time, it would be this type of band. Like, you you just summed up twenty twelve. That's that's the. <laughs> Tag, just I'm gonna see if I can get Rolling and Bowl and trademark for you, man. Just I'm not I'm I'm not a tattoo guy at all, but I might get Rolling and Bowl and tattooed across my chest like Cyrus Doherty, Rolling and Bowl, baby. <laughs> what What were you doing in 2012? Rolling and bowling. <laughs> You're just walking by somebody and they're like, "Oh, Rolling and Bowl in 2012, huh?" <laughs> They, 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 like, roll, they, they, they just roll their sleeve. There's like an 09 chill wave tattoo. Like, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's just a guy stripping with a big 09 on his chest. Dude, dude I, I, was listening to, I was listening to Washed Out all weekend. And, like, you know, his last album came out in 2017 or 18. I'm like, dude, he's the guy that caught that wave at the beach body surfing. Like, just, <laughs> you, 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 look, you get out of the wave. And you look up and like he just didn't stop writing. And you like never know if he's ever gonna stop. Like that dude just is just crushing it, man. And it all works. It all works. Dude, he definitely not has to go. He has a song, I guarantee, called It All Works or like it's gonna work out. <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. It's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, like not to get further off tangent, but Dude, Neon Indian, Vega International Night School. I don't know if y'all are aware of that album, but 2015 might be our next run. But I've been listening to that. <laughs> I've been listening to that album a lot. Like, I'm honestly, in. that Neon Indian, that might be the best post chill way <laughs> <laughs> new genre. Hey. Anything post chill wave is just the ripple. So like if it falls into the ripple, <laughs> I'd say after like I'd say twenty eleven is when it stops. Like you can still say chill wave. Anything after twenty eleven, like twenty twelve and beyond that has that like dream pop chill wave vibe is just the ripple. The the three main guys like Neon Indian, Tori Moy, and Washed Out still made albums and but dude they. Toro and, and Neon Indian, they didn't make another chill wave out. Like, washed out. That guy's like, yeah. he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the fucking beach, bitch. Like, I'm staying. Right. He's your great uncle who, like, toured for the dead back in 62 and just never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> That's the modern-day version of a deadhead. It's just like, is it, the um, Patrick Swayze Bodie just... Always chasing the wave. <laughs> it's 50-year storm, buddy. I knew you'd never miss it. He's fine, man, bro. Uh, all right. Um, I know we'll have a lot of... Uh, probably get to cover some other ones. I was thinking about going with uh, a man, uh, Lamb Chop, here with Mr. Matt. Or it's called Mr. M because they wouldn't let him call it Mr. Met because he had the Met sim logo on the front of it, and that was a big infringement. But um, I'm going to go with uh, it was two people. You could look at them as single people um, looking for love, and they found it in the month of May of 2012. They released two albums one on May 15th, one on May 22nd, and that's Killer Mike and LP. And uh, Cancer for Cure, or uh, Cancer for Cure, it's, it's, it's okay, but rap music, fucking rap. I, I fucking love rap music. I don't know if I like it more than all uh, Run the Jewels albums, but I... It does have a different vibe, even though it is LP and Killer Mike. Like the fact that T like Big Beast, that that's the, my favorite song I've ever heard Killer Mike on. That's my favorite TI song I've ever heard TI on. Um, uh, 
the album is is just fucking great. And I I didn't know who Killer Mike was before twenty. Like Killer Mike was making music with Outkast for fifteen fucking years. Like, um, I'm ashamed to say that, but uh, that I didn't know who he was. But it, the album cover of him just posted up like, I I was all in, and he goes hard. LP's production. I didn't. I, I didn't know. Uh, uh, what's the? Uh, it's not like Death Gripsy, but like it's that rock that <clears throat> the L, the thing Run the Jewels made. You know, kind of industrial. Yeah, the industrial. Not, not, but, not yeah. But catchy. I mean, yeah, yeah. Rap music. Rap music is it's it's fucking great. I remember. I remember listening to it a lot in Chattanooga. Like right after it came out too um i just fucking love it uh and it and it was the birth of those two guys like i was reading they met somewhere in 2011 they definitely coordinated both of their albums to be released like right next to each other and it's like all right let's get working on run the jewels and of course well this music sounds a certain time let's call uh zach de la rocha rage Raging Against Machine, let's get him in here. And, um, you know, the rest is history. They've got four albums out now. Um, but it's... it's uh, I, I listened to them back-to-back because back I remember kind of liking them both. And Cancer for Cure... Like, uh, um, like, the retard is, like, the only track I'm, like, still a huge fan of. And that's problematic now, so I don't even know if I can... I can like that one now. I know. The retard. Yeah, I said it. The retard. Uh, um, it's fucking great though. And um, have you ever have you ever listened to Fun Crusher Plus? No. By um, Company Flow. That was like LP's '90s hip hop group. Dude, that that. What's album, it called? Um. I think it's that. I think the album is called Fun Crusher Plus. Let's see. By Company Flow, yeah. Okay. I mean, not to obviously go on a tangent, but like, I think a lot of LP stuff, and I haven't, again, I've only really listened to the full retard off of uh, Cancer for Cure, but like, all of his like solo stuff has that very like hard like industrial edge like much more than like cannibal ox or re- even run the jewels like is more catchy as you had said than like most of his solo shit but like fun crusher plus though that's like the hidden gem of lp's discography i think like going back to his 90s stuff but um but yeah i mean killer mike like rap music and those are those are some good albums like that that was really this the genesis of run the jewels like realistically dave we can't hear you Hear me now. Yep. Good. Uh, I just to it, and 
I'd never heard anything quite like it. Not like when I say that, I'm not saying I was like mind blown, like they were playing, you know, Stairway to Heaven or, you know, uh, the first time I heard Freebird, but uh, it was, it was just fucking different. It was like, like Jesus was kind of the same way, but I kind of was like, this is a little derivative, maybe uh, that vibe I'm talking about right now. Um, but it, it's it's like punk, like it. it, it yeah. It's, it, but that's what you think when you listen to Rage is like it's it, it, it's upset music. It's pissed off music, and um, it fucking works. And I just love like I don't. No, I don't think T.I. has ever been on a Run the Jewels album and it upsets me because like, I don't think T.I. really makes music anymore, but I know he has a flow that he could throw down on one of these albums that would be like, because like, I, I fucking love T.I. And you know what, T.I., if you're listening, like... <laughs> he is, he is. <laughs> I know, I know you and Killer Mike got way bigger. You got big issues you're dealing with in Atlanta, and I support everything you guys fucking do. Fuck all the naysayers saying you sold out and you're not who you said you were. You you guys are about community, and the community needs you to to record just one track, one track, baby. That's all I gotta say. Um, that's it for my five. Uh, we rounded them all up, boys. I'm proud of all you guys. We did not mention Channel Orange. <laughs> we did not mention Channel Orange, Bloom, or Coexist, which, by the way, not that there's anything wrong with any of those three. Kind of glad, though, <laughs> that we did it. Kind of glad we got a little more a, a, a little more personal with it on this one. I mean, so, And that's that's addition danger that way. No. You, you get our minds and our hearts at the same time, baby. Honestly, man, that literally, with hindsight, you can obviously just go look at the album reviews, or you can stop the recording if you want. Like, I mean, I don't know if we're done, but like, I was just going to say, I would say, let's get some closing comments in just just to wrap it up. But this is 15 really good albums. I definitely have to dive into probably three or four of them a little more. Seven or eight, if you count Ty Siegel as three. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, like I said, yep. I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't just like look at as Pitchfork gave over an eight because, like, I was looking at him again. Like, the only or uh, Best Coast, the only place to gave like a six point something low, and I was like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, I I really like this one, and I'm gonna say it. You know, I'm 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 going with it, and that's. And that's that addition danger in Cyrus way right there. Right. I mean, that's with like 2020 hindsight, you can actually, I mean, I'm not going to obviously talk any shit about channel orange. That's a awesome album that I've listened to a ton, but every, every best of list of that year had it on there. I mean, anyone who doesn't know about that is just like under a rock. It it just, (laughs) It it did for me. It didn't warrant a, a pick like yeah. Good Kid, Good Kid, Matt. Like I couldn't not pick. Like I like that one yeah. more. 
no, channel. That, that one did deservedly so is is on there, but like just not my favorite. Like it might be my third. I mean, I don't know if I like it more than Nostalgia Ultra, but like I definitely like Blonde more than anything else. And yeah. Blonde is fucking really strange, but it's it's it's. I I think, like, just looking at the list that we, the list that we've made, it's just, like, very singular. I mean, it's definitely three different types of people <laughs> composed it, but, like, there's definitely no lists that I've seen that are like this. I don't think any list went, I don't think any list went Joey Badass, Daniel Ross, and Dr. John. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure if you if you draw the diagonal, if you draw the diagonal through it, no one had it, man. We are the exception, and we love it. That's 2012 for you, baby. Only, only eight years too late on... <laughs> hey, eight... Eight years too late, but one year too early for the next guy. So that um, that's I'm, 2012. Dave, wrap it up for us here. I'm gonna stop recording, but Frank, I know you're out there listening. I know you'd probably agree. Like Channel Orange, like you had your hands tied. You know, record label, blah blah blah, all that good stuff. Um, there were a lot of babies made to peer uh, to to pyramids, yeah. But still, give me. Siegfried every day and blonde every day. Uh, yeah, agreed. All right, we're out on the recording. All right, much peace, love. Stay Sammy deep. Sosa. Stay deep.